0: I just need to read it. There's a lot going on in our world. And it would be easy to focus on negative things. And there's plenty of those. But we are children of the Most High God. And if we're not careful, because we're human, we'll focus on the negativity and we'll discount the God that we serve who is greater than all of that. Don't raise your hand, okay? Well, you can raise your hand if you want, it's all right. How many of you have ever worried about something? Oh my goodness, we're all human. Yeah. You ever you ever played it over in your you ever played it over in your mind? Like the scenarios you'd walk through. Oh my, I wonder what if this happens. I wonder, you know, oh. Anybody? Okay, all right, all right. I've had this sort of epiphany, if you will. Think about the times you do that and I do that as a human being. The reality is when we do that, when we think about those things, when we think about, oh my goodness, I'm where. Oh, if this doesn't and if that does, and what about and this could be and uh if you pause for a moment and think, you 'll realize in those thought processes you don 't think but what 's God going to do in this but what's god 's plan through all of this? I wonder what God has in store right is is that fair is that true you don't when you get thinking and worrying about those things you don't you don't put God in the middle of them. Some of you're just going, "Oh my goodness, that's true, aren't you? Is that happening for you like it did for me?" You're going, "Oh my goodness, that's some." You, <laughs> I've tried not to look at your faces, but I can I can see I can see it on some of your faces. You're going, "Some of your I, I, here's what I'm feeling right now." Some of you're going, "Man, I was just talking to somebody about some what ifs and what haves and and I didn't include God in the picture at all as far as what He might do or could do in it." That's what happens. And see, here's the thing. That's how we know that thought is either flesh or the adversary. Because I'm not involving God in the middle of that thought. And so when I'm faced with that challenge, that problem, that pain, that pressure, and I have God right in the center of it, my whole perspective changes. Amen? Let the Lord renovate our mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, the renovation of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Okay, I want to read this passage of Scripture, and it's in line with what I just said in terms of all the negativity. We need to remember what's in store. And who we are. Revelation chapter 7. I've been reading Revelation this month. I've been reading Revelation a lot the last few months just because... I believe our Savior is about to return for us. I believe that. I believe I'm going to see it with my own eyes. I really do. I think it's that close. And so we have work to do. Amen. And so these are not days of sorrow for us. These are days of excitement for me. Amen. I sorrow for the world in prayer and intercession, but I rejoice because I've been bought with the blood of the lamb. Amen. All right. Revelation 7, verse number 9. Now, I'm going to tell you the first eight verses. The writer is talking about what he saw, and it's it's all about Israel and all the tribes of Israel. I'm skipping past that. I'm getting to us. All right. All right. Verse 9, after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said to him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Now watch. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat for the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Isn't that beautiful? Praise God. I told you I'm not going to expound on that. I have asked Sister Brittany if she would take a few minutes tonight and come. And share whatever God's been dealing with her about in the word. Would you open your hearts with me right now? Would you pray with me right now to receive what God would want you and I to receive? Come on, let's do that. Jesus, in your name, your spirit is clearly present. We identify with the manifestation of your presence and for we are so thankful. I pray let the Holy Ghost speak here. We yield to you, Lord. We yield to you. Anoint our hearts to receive what you would say. Our spirit to receive what you would say. I take this gathering of people here and in their homes. We take this gathering under the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And under the authority of the word and the blood and your stripes. We pray a liberty in the Holy Ghost. We bind every unclean and adversarial spirit. And we pray a pure, uninhibited flow of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Sister Brittany, come. Why don't you guys say, Lord, bless Sister Brittany. Lord bless. That, that's all right. You sort of got to stay back here
1: anymore. I see that. I'll try not to make y'all motion sickness with my swaying society for the people at home probably not as obvious to you guys. I'm on a little screen up here. Um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful today for the body. I'm thankful for God's faithfulness and his word. That is true. God is good. And um, I'm thankful for Elder Hart and everything you said tonight because, to be honest, uh, when I was asked to come up here and um, share the word and what God's been working in my heart and in my heart. Um, I, i've been praying I've been praying about it it's from the time that I was asked, not that I'm not always praying but i 'm praying. Um, I, you, people probably think I'm crazy walking down the halls because if anybody knows what I'm doing, pushing my little cart down the halls of the hospital I'd be praying. Um, <laughs> but that's okay and I'm okay if they look at me a little funny. Um, God is good. He is so good. Um, so first, I would like to take us to Hebrews 11, 1 and 3. I have a, a few scriptures here that I want to read, and I'm hoping that they don't sound um, disjoined, because to me, they're not. All right. God is good. All right. All right. Hebrews 11, verse 1. I'm reading from the Amplified, y'all. So now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title, deed, of the things we hope for being, the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. For by faith, trust, trust, and holy fever born of faith, and men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of the things which are visible. We need to walk in faith. We need to have ears that hear, and we need to listen like never before to the voice of God. There are times that when I'm there have been multiple times in the hospital when I see people and I end up in conversations I would have never expected. And someone will ask for prayer or they'll say something that, that catches my attention and quickens my spirit. And I can't tell you how many times I've started to walk out that door and God's marked me. Nope. Turn around. Pray with them now. My humanity is like, Are you sure? Because I really don't know what to say right now. I really don't know what to pray right now. (laughs) But God knows. God knows. I don't have to know these people, I don't have to know what's in their charts. God knows. God knows right where they are. God knows. I want to go to Matthew 10, verse 1. Say amen when you get there. All right. I cheated. I gave myself little markers today. <laughs> I'm a little faster than I usually am. All right. And Jesus summoned to him his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure all kinds of disease and all kinds of weakness and infirmity. Yes. Verse 7, and as we go, preach, yes. saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopards, drive out the demons freely without pay. You have received Freely, without charge, give. We have been called. Never before have I seen so clearly. I am thankful. This is going to probably sound crazy to some. I am thankful for my failures. I'm thankful for my shortcomings. I'm thankful for the things that I wish I would have never gone through. Because now I hold hope. I see people that are struggling with the same things. But if God did it for me, I was undeserving in my times, where I was, where he found me, where he reached, where he called. I was, pray with me right now. Yeah, yeah, let's go, go, I have been praying lately that God would make me a conduit for his love. I want to love those that others would not. Because I was once that person. God love love us. God love us. He's wonderful. He is faithful. One thing I've realized in that time, in that, that transition, there has to be a renewing of your mind. Because it's easy to dwell on the stumbling and the failures and the things that we wish would have never been that are or have been because when they're in the past, they don't have to continue to live. Once it's under the blood, it's under the blood, and it's no more. Transform your mind with the word of God. Transform your mind with truth. When those negativities come, don't dwell on them. Don't water them in your mind. Don't make it a garden and sit there and mull it over and over and over again. Pick up the word. What does the word of God say? Recite scripture. Combat those negative thoughts with what the word of God says because the word of God is truth. The word of God is truth. When I walk those halls and I ain't feeling it, I'm like, God, you said, trust in the things that I don't see. I don't see. (laughs) So I'm trusting in what you've said. God says, you know, greater than these things that he did, we will do. That's what he said. God's told me to lay hands on people and pray. Do I always feel it? No. Mm -hmm. Do I feel silly sometimes? A little. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because it's the foolish things. He did to confound the wise. God is good. God is good. I want to take us to Isaiah 55, 8. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So Isaiah 55 and 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, or your ways, excuse me, my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If God asks you to do something silly, it's okay. It's okay. If he tells you to go dip in the Jordan seven times, do it. Just saying. (laughs) that's a bible study from another day um (laughs) verse 10 for as the rain and the snow come down in the from the heavens and return not there again but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater excuse me eater verse 11 so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void without preceding any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish. Everybody say it. What's God's word going to do? Accomplish. It's going to accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the things for which I sent it. God has been dealing with my faith. God has been dealing with the things that I can see. I don't want to rely on those things. I want to rely on what is faithful, what is true, what is the same then as it is today, as it will be tomorrow. I want to find scripture that's going to change my life. All of it is. But there is things in here for us that we have not yet grasped. I want to stand strong on God's promises. He's faithful, and he will do what he told you he would do. So what are we speaking out? What are we meditating on? What are we talking about? That's important. So important. Give us clarity and understanding, Lord God Jesus, of what you want to speak right now. Lord, I pray that your word would have its perfect way, Lord God, Jesus. Lord, I pray anoint our hearts, Lord God, Jesus. Anoint our ears that we would hear and we would receive in our hearts to be obedient, Lord God, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy and we trust in you, my God. I have a couple more questions, only because these are questions that I feel God has been asking me. When an attack comes, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the lies of the enemy? Are you going to believe what your flesh tells you, what your eyes are telling you? Are you going to believe what the word of God tells you? truth. Stand on the word. When you feel those things trying to come over you, when you catch yourself, I've caught myself saying things and I've had to stop myself. That's okay. That's okay to stop yourself. Praise God. Praise God that you didn't just keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Praise God. I just I'm going to share a little bit of praise report to somebody else. This might not be a praise report, but to me, this is So if I were to rely on the things that I see, I would not be praising and thanking God for this. But I'm going to thank God. I'm going to choose to thank God. There's been a couple situations and incidences that have come up with a really close loved one. And um, very firm on they don't believe and they don't want to hear anything God has to say. And praise God. God is working. God is working even when we can't see. We can't see what he's doing in somebody's heart. We can't see how he's transforming their mind. I I was told by this individual, eh, you can try and get me to church next Sunday. Coming from that person, if you know who that person is, would not have ever said that. It would have said, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't even come here with that. Stop. And there would always be a lot of anger and hurt. But I know God's doing something. And although they didn't come, not only did they let me try to get them once, but they let me try to get them twice. And I'm going to choose to praise God over that because that's a victory. That is a victory that I'm going to trust and know that God is doing what he said he would do. And he's working in the hearts of those we love. He's working in the hearts of everyone. I mean, really, honestly. This, this world is hungry. They, they, want, they want to feel God's love. They want, to, they want to know that they belong somewhere. God is good. God is good. And walk by faith. Don't walk by what you can see. And when the enemy tries to tell you something different, say, ah, no, right here. This is what God had to say about it. And I'm going to trust what God had to say about it. And I don't care what you have to say. So, you know, that God is good. I think that's all I have
2: tonight. Thank you guys. Why don't we just pray right now? Response to this word of faith. Jesus, we thank you for the faith that we feel here tonight for the stirring of the gift of faith in us, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, in every heart that faith has become dormant, I pray it be stirred up in us tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, we stand upon your word, Father. Your word is yea and amen. It will not return void, but it will do what it was sent to accomplish it will do what it was sent to accomplish. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I not going to take very long tonight, but I, uh, it's funny how the Lord works. Uh, last Sunday it was, it was like the plan for a day or two for, I was, um, going to minister in union gap and and come all the way till it was like two minutes before being turned over to me. I was like, man, Lord, I have nothing (laughs) and turned out, you know, the flow just turned on as, uh, as dad began to speak and he just took it away, I didn't didn't, didn't end up having to kind of make a fool of myself. And uh, then tonight, you know, it was like two minutes before I come up here, <laughs> hey, I want you to follow. Um, but it's it's awesome how God works. He, as soon as I got in my car tonight, just driving over here and knowing that people were already here, just began to pray and um the Lord began to just deal with me. And, um, man, I feel such a witness with everything Sister Brittany shared tonight. Everything, every single word just bears such witness in my spirit. And just two weeks ago in in Union Cap as well, we were talking about faith and how we walk by faith and not by sight. And man, if we could, if we could as the church really understand that in these times, um, some things will start to happen, um, but there's so much. I mean, we could talk for the rest of the week about a lot of those things Sister Brittany touched on tonight, what we think, what we see, what we say, and um, but I feel like one area kind of specifically Lord was dealing with me about this morning and then this evening as I drove here uh, was what we speak. And that ties into our faith so much. And it starts in our thoughts and then what we allow to form in our mind. And Sister Brittany used the example of a garden, the garden of our thoughts. And watering those things with more thoughts and more negativity or news or social media. Things that are just going to continually... We, we, know, we know certain sources are not going to water the faith in our heart. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you five minutes on... Facebook is going to do you more harm than, you know, anything else. S- spend five minutes in the Word of God. Maybe you only have a 10-minute break at work, and and I fall into this trap probably every single day. You know, I get, get my lunch or take a quick break, and, you know, I, I don't know why it can't be a habit. We have, like, 20 Bible apps on our phone. <laughs> I don't know why it's not as easy to just click those and scroll through those. That's just... That 's just a thought for myself, but uh, i 'll digress um, but man if if the negativity can be planted in, in an instant, what what type of faith can be planted, can be stirred, can be watered in an instant as well? you know we I, I as I 'm sure you all know, I, I went to Bible school and one of the first lessons they teach you in, with studying scripture is context, context, context. Don't just take one verse and, you know, build your own ideas around that. Um, and that's true. But, man, I, I love the features in my Bible apps, the verse of the day. And I don't think I take advantage of those enough either, you know, like just, just looking at that and having that encouragement. I, I was thinking, I think it was this morning or last night about because I'm the type of person who can overthink a lot and um but i realized that that statement or that phrase is really if you kind of break it down it's it's what it means is it's not just overthink cuz overthinking in its in and of itself is not necessarily bad but it's overthinking the wrong thing that is bad if you are think if you're overthinking or thinking too much of the right thing it's not a negative thing i was thinking to the scripture and i believe it's philippians that says think on these things Man, if I overthink on the things that are pure, that are good, that are lovely, that are of a good report, I'm going to be in good shape. <laughs> so I want to overthink on the things of the word, not, not overthink it and put my own humanity or my own thoughts into it, but not just quickly pass over it and uh, move on to Facebook or, <laughs> or Instagram. Um, anyway, I'm going to quickly share out of the scripture what, uh, what the Lord's dealing with me about. I guess maybe that was that was all my soapbox, but um in the book of exodus, and i could read I could read um man, I could read probably two chapters like I mentioned, kind of in this whole context, but most of you are probably familiar with the story, so I'll sort of give you the summarized version Moses, the book of exodus starts with uh Israel suffering, them crying out to God, God hearing their cries, their groanings. And um, man, powerful scriptures in here. One of the scriptures in the first chapter says, but the more that they were, that they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And man, I feel a witness with that. And as the church today, the more that maybe we feel afflicted, we're going to just continue to multiply and grow. The things that are in the spirit, they can't be suppressed by the world. They can't be suppressed by by spirits of darkness unless we allow them to but in the holy ghost things in the spirit they they're going to continue to multiply they're going to continue to grow God's going to continue to add to his church and you look in this context and 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 this is this is not what i intended to talk about i shouldn't have turned the page backwards but there was a spirit of there was a spirit of really it's just you break it down it was just murder <laughs> Um, you can put in the word for today's terms, um, abortion, still murder. But Pharaoh, he began to get nervous because he would already started to oppress the children of Israel, but they continued to multiply anyway. They were oppressed and, and you know, they were pretty much slave working them and making them build. I don't know if they actually built the pyramids, but build all this stuff and uh, taking away the materials to build it, but saying, you still got to make the stones. You still got to make it happen and all these things, but they continue to multiply. So he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Midwives, you go take care of this. If they have a male child, kill it. If it's a female child, that's okay. But if it's a male child that we want it to be taken care of, taken out, and the midwives kind of, they feared God more, so they didn't do it. So then he says, okay, throw all of the children in the river and kill him. And that's of course where Moses comes in. His mother and father, they hid him, made the little ark and uh, put him in the river. The Lord led him to Pharaoh's daughter. Um, but man, that spirit that would try to it would try to suppress, it would try to kill the multiplying, that would try to kill the the increase of things that it knows rises up against its concepts, rises up against its ideas of of the way things should be. That's in the world today more than ever. But you know what that that spirit and that thing precedes is deliverance. It precedes the deliverer who's going to be risen up and come and bring those people out, bring those things out. And I believe the way that that relates to us today is Jesus has already come. Our deliverer's already come, but he's soon about to bring us out. <laughs> We're about to have our exodus, so to speak, and be caught away with him. Anyway, that's all a side note. <laughs> so Moses, he he grows up. He's raised in the house of Pharaoh, taught in their ways, and uh, but he knows he's an Israelite. He knows he's a. He knows he's part of them, and he tries to he tries to defend one of his, his brethren and ends up killing a, an Egyptian. And um, long story short, he runs away. He goes to the wilderness. He's there 40 years. He, he gets married has has children. And then God visits him, visits, visits him at the burning bush because Moses saw it and was compelled to turn aside. And, and then the Lord spoke to him through that burning bush and said, come, you know, talk to me. And for the whole, almost the whole chapter 3, they have a conversation. The Lord tells him, you know, because Moses, Moses is dealing with this in his humanity, right? He's like, well, you know, I ran away, and, and God's like, don't worry about it. The ones who wanted to kill you, they're dead. Pharaoh's dead. The ones who wanted you killed, those ones are all passed away. It's a new generation. I'm going to send you in there, and you're going to be the deliverer. You're going to take care of it. He reveals himself to him, the, the scripture where God says, I am who I am. If they ask, just tell them, I am sent me. I am sent you. So fast forward to chapter 4, and the arguing is kind of continuing with Moses, his human reasoning. And I'm going to start at verse 1, read kind of quickly here. And I'm in the New King James Version. Uh, it says, and Moses is he's still having this conversation with God. And he says, but suppose that they will not believe me. Suppose they're not going to believe that I talked to you through this burning bush and that I am was just in my imagination or whatever. Suppose they won't believe me and listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He's holding his shepherd's staff, I suppose. And he said, a rod. And the Lord tells him, cast it on the ground. So he casts it on the ground and it becomes a serpent. Moses fled from it. He was like, "Man, that's crazy!" Flees from this thing that used to be a stick, now is a serpent. And uh, but then the Lord says to Moses, "Reach out your hand. Take it by the tail." Okay. He reaches out his hand, caught it. He had to catch it first, which is kind of kind of funny. Reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Uh, that, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared unto you. Verse six, furthermore, the Lord said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. And he put it in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again, put it in his bosom again and drew drew it out. And behold, it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be, If they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, your rod turning into a snake, that they may believe the message of the latter sign, your hand turning leprous and then turning back. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land and verse 10, watch this now. The Lord just gave Moses three, three signs, he, and he literally allowed him to perform two of them there in that moment. He, he threw his rod down, it turned into a serpent, put his hand in his cloak, turned leprous, pulled it out, did the same thing, it was good. And then he gives him this third sign, says, you know, he must not have been by water at the moment, but he said, when you are, you just have to dip, pour it out, it'll be blood. So he's got three signs in his bag of Tricks, so to speak. He knows they work. He knows God spoke them to him. He's been having this conversation for two chapters now. But Moses still has some questions in his humanity. Because Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since have spoken, or neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. I can just imagine the Lord shaking his head like, Moses, (laughs) you don't even have to say anything. (laughs) Just walk in there and throw down your staff. (laughs) Like, why are you still questioning me, Moses? And the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord, now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. And I'll stop reading there, but Moses continues arguing, continues doubting. But what, I've, what I believe the Lord began to speak to me this morning and even this evening as I, as I drove over here and Sister Brittany, man, just I feel my faith just stirred up in, in this service. And for this time, because I think we know and are aware now enough that our faith can't just be contained in this building. As the church, we've heard it plenty of times. As the church, we're not the church at this building. We're not the church here on McGonagall Road. But we're the church not just in Selah either. We're the church in these whole valleys. You, you've all heard it. and But for me at least, I don't know if this is the the case for you. For me, at least, it's easy for me to, while I'm hearing the word here in the building, have my faith be stirred up. <laughs> but then I walk in my job and it's like, <laughs> man, OK, OK, Lord, I'm not eloquent, <laughs> can't speak. I That's just that's just me and in, in my humanity. I don't know if I'm the only human here in the room. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead. It's what we often call the great commission. Watch this, starting in uh, verse 14 of Mark 16. Can Can you pray with me one more time before we read this scripture? Amen. Jesus, I pray that the familiarity of the scripture, God, not get in the way of your faith. Jesus, but I pray by a supernatural work, Father, by a supernatural impartation, Jesus, that you would continue to stir up the gift of faith within us tonight. Jesus, that Sister Brittany began speaking of. I pray it would continue to be stirred in us, that you would lose the church and the body of Christ today. in Jesus' name. In Jesus name, in Jesus name. Verse 14 says, this is Jesus. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. (laughs) That's powerful alone right there. They'd been told by others that, yeah, no, we saw Jesus. He he really is risen. Like he told you who is going to be, he really is risen. We, we saw it and he goes and he rebukes the other 11 because they didn't believe it. They didn't see it with their own natural eye and their spiritual sensitivity or their faith was too low because of the, I'm sure the traumatizing day and their circumstances of seeing their savior, their teacher be killed And so they didn't believe what Jesus told them was going to happen. They came through the words of other witnesses. And he rebukes them because of their unbelief and hardness of heart. And he said to them, even though he rebuked them, even though they failed in that moment, he continues to tell them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. I hope you're listening with, with your spirit, amen. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents like Moses did, Take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. They went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord, working with them and confirming the word, and this version says it kind of weird, but through the accompanying of signs. Confirm the word that he spoke to them with signs following. Amen. Going back to Moses, the foolishness of Moses was that he'd been given signs that were going to precede what God was going to do. He he'd had a conversation face-to-face there with this with this visitation of God in this burning bush, revealed himself to Moses. And he was still stumbling and stuck on the fact that he wasn't eloquent, that he couldn't speak well. God just gave him three signs, three supernatural signs, even let him perform two of them at that moment. And he was still caught up on the fact he couldn't speak well. I was, as I was driving over here, I, This just kind of came to me out of nowhere. Um, I was thinking of Abraham Lincoln and uh, the Gettysburg Address. I I can't remember how long that that is. I think they say it took him only like 16 minutes or something to deliver the Gettysburg Address. And he followed a man who spoke for like an hour and a half, if not longer. And I think it's interesting because Abe, Abe Lincoln realized that it wasn't about the multitude of words. It wasn't, it didn't matter how many words he spoke to get his message across as long as he was speaking the truth and, you know, not going to stay on that, but it's history also has shown through people's witness of, of hearing and seeing Abe Lincoln pray that it's believed that he probably had the Holy ghost. They heard him praying in his rooms and some gibberish that didn't make sense. Um, unless you're an apostolic. But I believe that I know that as the church, God is going to begin to do these signs through each and every one of us. He has to. (laughs) He has to. He spoke it in his word and God cannot lie. He cannot lie. And so I don't know who, I think it probably applies for all of us in some way or another or at some point or another that we've maybe disqualified ourselves because we think we don't have the right thing to say. You know, we, we don't have the man. People have literally kind of created these formulas of the right phrases and ways and things that in the name of Jesus, (laughs) you know, there's a right way to say the word of faith. I, it, I'm not disagreeing, but I think it's also kind of nonsense. The word of faith can, can just be go. <laughs> you can literally just say go in faith. And if there's an evil spirit there and you speak that word of faith in obedience, it has to go. It doesn't have to be more eloquent. It doesn't have to be more intricate. More complicated than that. And that's where we, that's where we overthink things in our humanity. Because we think, no, it's, it's, if it's supernatural, it has to be complicated. But it's not us that's performing the miracle. It's not us that's doing the work. It's the Holy Ghost that's within us. Amen. And when this gift of faith, I, um, I was reading Timothy last week. I, I, I think it's the second, second book of Timothy. And you can tell by Paul's words to him, he's he's reminding Timothy, he says, I, I remember this this faith that was first in your grandmother, and, and it was also in, in your mother. And he said, I, I believe it's also in you, Timothy. I believe it's, it's a thing that's in you, too. Um, where's it at? What verse is it in? First in your grandmother and your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded it's in you also. Therefore, I remind you. To stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And watch verse 7. For God, and this is 1 Timothy 1 verse 7 if you want to reference it or write it down. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. If we are walking only by what we see naturally, we're going to have fear. Fear. If we're, if we're walking by only what we hear in the natural as well, we're going to be fed with fear. We're going to feed that, that garden in our mind with fear if we give into the things that we hear and that we see in the natural, because we don't walk by what we see, but we walk by faith. We live by faith, but God's given us a spirit of power. He's given us his spirit of love and his spirit of a sound mind. Amen. And I, I think each of those things, it's what I believe is that each of those things can work in and through us to deliver others from the spirit of fear. Because, man, people are just clamoring and, and shaking in their boots with what is going on in the world and with COVID and new shutdowns. And I started work today and there was literally pallets of toilet paper from the front of the building all the way to the back. They filled the aisles with it and it was by like 12 o'clock. It was gone. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? These people are building some amazing, like, TP forts or something. <laughs> like, what do you need all that toilet paper for? Man, just stop eating processed food. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens when we, in our humanity, we walk by what we see. And we'll, we see a hundred other people grabbing a thing of toilet paper, and we're like, oh, man, maybe I need some too. Right? People literally have three or four of them in their cupboard already, and they're like, I better get another another one you never know. And it's, seen, it's a silly thing we can laugh about, but it's those circumstances that we see in the natural that will affect our spirit. They'll affect our faith if we only look at them in, in the natural with our natural eye. And if we look at these opportunities, like, man, it... it, it again it stirs my faith it stirs the the gift of faith that I, that is in me that i believe god gives a portion he gives the a measure of faith to each of us and and man we are we're commissioned and and charged th- to stir that that tells me that there's a responsibility that i have god he gives me that gift he gives me that measure but then I have a responsibility, like Sister Brittany was talking about, I have a responsibility through what I'm intaking to stir that gift of faith up, to not allow it to become dormant. There's, you can read a lot of different scriptures about faith, and there's, there's places where there, it talks about dead faith, talks about um, great faith, O ye of little faith. Jesus, we saw there in Mark, he rebuked them because of their unbelief, because of their little faith. And a lot of times when he spoke to them, there's other times when the waves in the sea and the storm got a little riled up, and he says, O ye of little faith. And man, I, I heard, um, I think I was talking to Dad the other day, and he mentioned, um, I think he mentioned someone else who said, mentioned the sh- scripture or, or made the statement that where we are today as the church, it can... It can often feel like God's asleep in the boat. And man, I, I, and I had to go to prayer after that and, and talk to the Lord. And I said, yeah, God, it does. Feels like I'm out here in the wilderness and, you know, we're praying these things. We're seeing these things in the scripture. We know that they're going to happen. We know that these signs are going to happen. We know they're going to follow us because we believe we stand on your word. We know it's true. But are you just asleep in the boat? You know, when are you going to get involved with us? Because we know with, by ourselves we can't do it. And I feel, I, I believe that the Lord spoke to me or impressed on me that, because of course he's going to wake up <laughs> if he is asleep, which I don't believe he is, but just keep using that example. He is going to get involved in a great way very soon. But what I believe he spoke to me in that moment was, even if I'm asleep in the boat, I'm still with you in the boat. (laughs) The waves can be tossing you all about. But in that story, Jesus told them cross over to the other side. If they would have just held on to that word of faith, they would have known they were going to make it to the other side. They would have known that they had a word of faith that God was going to bring them through whatever rose up around them that they saw with their natural eyes. Amen. Let's all uh, stand tonight. Done rambling. Man, why don't we just begin to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. And there is a great faith that's here tonight. It's not anything that we can produce, but I just want to respond to the Holy Ghost, to the stirring of faith. Jesus, 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 Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we walk by faith and not by sight tonight. We walk by faith and not by sight tonight. So we know that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. <laughs> Of Jesus, in the name 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 of Jesus, open our eyes in the Spirit. I pray to see that there's more that are with us, that are with Him, God. That there's a host of angels with us, that You're walking and working with us in the name of Jesus the faith be imparted that there be a faith that is stirred tonight in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus jesus name God, we believe, therefore we will speak. We believe, therefore we will speak, God. We'll speak the word in faith, not trying to be eloquent, God, but knowing that signs shall follow them that believe. Signs will follow them that believe. We hold on and stand on your word, Jesus. In the name of
0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Scripture admonishes us that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Let every word be established. I I wasn't playing on my phone. If you saw me grab my phone a couple of times there, Uh, sometimes the when there's ministry taking place I hope for you too the lord is talking to me and uh he was quickening scriptures to my spirit and and sister brittany i believe referenced matthew 10 and brother joel referenced mark 16 both of them talked about laying hands on the sick those things that we reference I don't know if we realize it or not, we, off, we talk about lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, cast out devils, those things, and I believe those are all things that the church should and will do. But in Mark 16 and in Matthew 10, Jesus started by saying, Go, preach. Go, preach. Preach. Go preach. Now, if you're standing here and you're going or you're listening online. Saying, I'm not a preacher. Oh, if if you went down in the waters in the name of Jesus Christ and he purchased you with his blood. And he filled you with his spirit. The word is clear. He did this so that you and I would be witnesses unto him. That's preaching. That's preaching. And so the first admonition was go. And that, that word go staying in my spirit. Those of you that are here, whenever it was a few weeks ago, go, go, go. I feel the Spirit of the Lord still saying to us go, go, go. I don't mean leave, you understand. We must be going and preaching the gospel, preaching the kingdom. And as we go and preach, opportunities will open to lay hands on the sick. We focus on the signs. Our humanity goes there first, at least oftentimes in our, maybe yours doesn't, mine often does. We're going to see the miraculous in that regard. We've been seeing it. We've had testimonies just in the last couple of months. But the primary responsibility is go and preach the gospel. And if I'm. I can't just do that from my intellect. I shouldn't do that from my intellect at all. I have to be spending time with Jesus. Jesus. In the book of Acts, when the disciples ministered, the scribes, the Pharisees, the high priests, they took notice of Peter and John. It says they were unlearned and they were ignorant men. But they took notice of them that they had been with Jesus. They spoke with authority. Why? Because they'd been with Jesus. And So we must spend time with Jesus. And we must spend time in his word. And then in that moment when I'm with the coworker, that moment when the word will be on my lips. And everybody around us right now is in a prime position to hear the word of God. Everybody. You need to learn to preach through text. I'm not trying to be funny. I know that's sort of humor. I just felt that in the Holy Ghost. We communicate more via text now than we ever have. We need to learn to preach through text. I received a message from somebody today that said, I'm just frustrated. They were talking about their job. Well, when they said that in their instant messaging, I felt something in the Holy Ghost. I was like, They may be frustrated with their job, but the adversary is pressing on them. They don't know the Lord. They don't have a relationship with God. And so they're dealing with all the pressures of this world. And I had to be careful in my response because of my role in the workplace. But I responded, a lot of people are restless right now. There's a lot pressing on us. And I begin to address what I believe was an underlying thing that they don't know how to express. The world doesn't know how to express. And so it comes out in anger. It comes out in fear. It comes out in frustration. And hear me. God's not going to just take the fear away. He's not going to just take the fear away. You and I have to preach the gospel. And by his grace, lead them to him. And then when they come to know him, he'll take the fear away. If he takes it away without them coming to know him, then they believe they can be without fear and not know him. Does this make sense? Somebody needs to hear that because you're praying, God, deliver them from fear. You can pray that, but pray, God, bring them to you that they would be delivered from fear. That's how it's got to happen. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You are precious people. You are God's chosen people for this hour. Go and preach. Thank you, Sister Brittany. Thank you, Brother Joel. I have faith in my spirit tonight. How about you? Amen? Praise God. I'm waiting. You noticed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sister Brittany made a statement. And Brother Joel made a statement. They may have seemed unrelated, but it's what caused me to go to the scripture. She made a statement about the past and it being under the blood and it trying to hold us or withhold us, but it can't when we realize it's under the blood. But the Joel talked about Moses and Moses debating with God about going back to Egypt and all of his excuses. His excuses were because of his past. His excuse from going forward, his resistance to what God was commissioning him to do. He saw himself inadequate because he knew what had happened before in Egypt. And Brother Joel referenced it, and this is why I went and looked at Scripture because I was like, I don't think that was until later. When the Lord told Moses, Moses, go for Pharaoh and all them which sought your life are dead. If you go look in Exodus chapter 4, the Lord never told Moses that until he finally agreed. Okay, God, I'll go. God wanted to know he'd go regardless of the circumstance. I imagine Moses going, God, why didn't you just tell me that before? And this would have been a lot quicker. You ever feel that way with God? God, if you would have just told me, I didn't have to worry about that. If you would have just told me, you already took care of it. You know what? It's God's business if he's already taking care of it. If he chooses to take take care of it while you're on your way. That's his business. We must go. I want us to pray one more time. And we are going to pray a prayer of faith. All right? You're not listening to me pray. We are praying together. And we are praying a prayer of faith to go According to the word of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I take authority over every dissenting voice. I take authority over every voice. That would try to plant fear, doubt or question. I pray by this your word tonight. Through multiple vessels. That faith would arise in the heart of the hearer. And that the commissioning of the spirit upon the people of God would take place. That your word would be in their mouth. That the sure word of God would be in the mouth of the people of God. That faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord would arise in every heart. and That we would walk in our calling. In Jesus' name, in faith that you are going with us. In faith that you are going before us. In faith that you are coming behind us because you are the I am God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, name, as you go and do the work of the kingdom, I know it's been said, but so many of these things were resonating through my spirit. I want to make sure they were getting in ours. It's not us that's doing the work. It's not us that's doing the work. I'm speaking through faith in the word and faith that God will fulfill his word through me. It's not you doing the work. You're simply the vessel. You're the conduit. Your faith is in the word of God and the God of the word. And so you do according to the word. And what results is his deal. This is why Jesus slept in the boat. He was waiting on them to realize. You can't do it. Without me. Why didn't they get him as soon as the storm started? I think I can make it. I'll see if I have to bug him. You know, this storm's not so bad. Why don't you just call on him as soon as the storm starts? He's with us. Go with God. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. You're dismissed in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. I will tell you before I forget, because I will forget, we will post, um, and I'll send out communication, we will post, you may remember when we did the week's